Hello and welcome to episode 190 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today we are sponsored by Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes. Please go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, dancing the number four diabetes.com, or myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox to find out more about the sponsors. Okay, today's episode is with Jessica. Jessica's a nurse, and she's a D-mom, and she's really chatty, so she's perfect for the podcast. And we talk a lot about management ideas today. That's why today's episode is called Stopping the Arrows. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should ever be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before being bold with insulin. Guys, if you just give me one second, I promise to shout out Libby Rose in the United Kingdom. She's six years old, has had type 1 diabetes for a year, and she listens to the podcast with her dad. Hi, Libby Rose. I hope you have a great day. I'm Jessica, I guess. Yeah, I'm Jessica. I'm a nurse, a labor and delivery nurse, so... I knew very little about diabetes before type 1 diabetes, before my son was diagnosed. And how old was your son when he was diagnosed? He was 8, almost 9, and now he's 9, so it was, it was about 10 months ago. Okay, so you're not even quite up to a year. No. Okay. And, hmm, I don't wanna, I'm trying to decide if I want people to, okay, so tell, to, how did, tell people how we met. Oh, um, I think I just started messaging you over Instagram. But because I just, I was so, I was struggling to find answers mm-hmm. um, that I thought weren't, um, we don't curse, BS. Right. <laughs> right. Um, because I, I remember I got home from the hospital and all the overwhelming parts of it sort of settled. I mean, no, I mean, I'm still overwhelmed, but, you know, kind of settled. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, what does a normal blood sugar look like? you know, in a child of my son's age who's not diabetic. Yeah. And I typed that into Google, and I couldn't even get an answer for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was probably I, pretty disturbing right off the I, bat. Like, I don't even know what to aim for. Exactly. And I knew that what they were telling me to aim for just didn't set, sit right with me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the 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 information behind those feelings to, to tell them, I don't agree with you. It was just sort of a gut. And that didn't feel, you know, I, I like, if I'm going to start arguing with somebody, cause I'm actually not very confrontational. So if I'm going to start arguing with something, I, I need to feel like a hundred percent correct. And, and so I didn't, I didn't know. I, I felt sort of lost because the information I was getting felt like it had good intentions, but it felt like, like BS. And, and, and when I tried to find information that sat right with me, I couldn't find it and, until I found your podcast. Well, that's right. So, <laughs> so when you were out in the world, like basically someone would say, I think, you know, I keep my kid's blood sugar at this number. Or I aim for this number. People all had different target numbers. Um, yeah, for the most part, but they were, they were just high and it didn't feel right. Like um, somebody told my husband to set his high at 250 and his low at 80 because, oh, speaking of, my son's alarming, um, because um, that way he can have a warning before it hits 70 because 70, the world, the world is ending, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, and I was like, no, no, now our high, see, I knew what you were going to say. You didn't even, I didn't even let you get the whole question out. (laughs) (laughs) So, So let's, for the people listening now, like Jessica and I have spoken on the phone a couple of times and Jessica is... Jess, you are, I mean, to call you chatty, I think would be an undervaluing <laughs> of your ability to talk, right? So there are a couple of people, I, I, it doesn't happen very often to me where I stand in a room and I think, I can't get a word in here. <laughs> um, but, but no, no, don't be sorry. Uh, it, but Jess definitely is, I've, well, I've been on the phone with Jess and she's talking and I think to myself, is it necessary that I'm here? <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, but, but that's good for this because you will not be at a loss for what you, uh, for what you think or how you feel. So that, that's perfect. So anyway, guys, you'll probably hear me talk less or I'll be, Jess has already asked me to throw up a stop sign if I feel like she's getting out of control. (laughs) So, so, okay. So we, we did talk on the phone a couple of times and I think that the first time 
for anybody who's ever called me privately, I think that what I do is I try to, in about 20 minutes, give you what I think is like a, a high level kind of overview of all the things that we talk about on the podcast. But I try really hard to leave people that I speak with privately with a couple of ideas. Um, highs are uh, more difficult to deal with than lows are. Um, you know, that you should set, if you have a Dexcom, you need to set your high threshold lower so that you can react sooner. That, you know, um, you need to make small adjustments to insulin whenever you can because large adjustments end up with lows later. And like just these little things, but I try to do it kind of conversationally. And at the same time, I never know if it's actually valuable for the person. I, I, I hear back from a lot of people who are like, oh, this has been great. So I kind of think it is. But even as I'm saying it, I think oh, this is a lot of information in a short amount of time. So after we spoke on the phone, did you, did, was it helpful at all? That, that's it was, yes, it was so helpful. Um, because I had those thoughts already, not to, you know, no, no. but, but I did, but I, nobody was supporting them. And so to have your support just gave me the, 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 um, the confidence to stand up to my husband who, who came over to the side, this side very quickly, but, or to, to feel confident walking into the endocrinologist's office, you know, being able to defend, you know, what they were seeing on our graphs or whatever. Um, or, uh, or even just to friends who um, have some children with type 1 or, or friends who don't, you know, who were asking me to educate them. And I felt like, who am I to educate them on my kid? But then I felt like, wait, I, 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 I felt something. more solid. Yeah. yeah, I felt more solid in the things I thought I knew because, because you backed me up. So there's two thoughts in there. One, that it is really important for somebody to you know, kind of echo your, th your feelings, because when you have a feeling about something that you have no basis of understanding for, even though you're, you start thinking, you know, I'm seeing this day after day, this makes sense to me. It still is hard to stand up and count yourself as a, you know, a, a, a you know, somebody who really knows. And, right. and, and so that's where that really kind of like simple concept that we talk about on the podcast all the time, like you have to, at some point you have to trust your gut. Like, you know, yeah. something makes sense to you. You have to trust that. And at the same time, the other thing I heard was your husband bumped into somebody who told them 70 to 250, this is the range. 80 to 250. 80 to 250, this is the range. Yeah. And, so, and so that's what he heard first. And I think that's maybe, to me, the most important thing about getting good information out quickly is that the earlier in your diagnosis you hear good information, that becomes your rule. You, Absolutely. You know, you know what I mean? So, so if someone hits you first with, hey, just try to keep them between 100 and 250, then you think, oh, well, then that must be good. That must be okay. Someone just told me that. I, I relate it very simply to the idea of, you know, we don't use Novolog. Um, but when we were, when my daughter was diagnosed, we were given Novolog in the hospital. And in my mind, that's what insulin was. It didn't right. even occur to me to wonder if there were other insulins. I just was like, oh, this is insulin. The hospital gave it to me. Uh huh. You know, so I think that's important that, that, for people to hear that if you do hear kind of good information up front, that can kind of be your frame of reference. And so when you had that frame of reference, what did you do with it? Today, when you're sitting at your desk and you're kind of zoning out and don't know what to do, and you're just looking for a little break, but you need to look like you're still working, you know what I'm talking about. Go to dancingfordiabetes.com. That's dancing, the number four, diabetes.com. See if little kids with diabetes dancing doesn't pep you right back up and give you enough energy to get through the day. The frame of reference for like, hey, I should be a little more aggressive with insulin. I shouldn't be scared of this. I try to like, when you, when you, once you had those oh. pieces and the comfort, what, how did you react in, in your son's okay. care? Well, first of all, I went from being terrified and freaking out and feeling, and that's not my personality. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I definitely have some, some, I'm high strung, but I don't have anxiety. It's weird. I'm just hyper, you know? <laughs> and I became like, anxious like I had anxiety for the first time okay and I went from that to feeling less scared and feeling more empowered mm -hmm. and and that was a huge step in taking care of Ty was feeling and, and and for him even to have confidence in me you know that that and and so yes I was bolder yeah, I love that word by the way I was bolder with the insulin I was um and we were doing MDIs forever I mean we just started our pump two weeks ago um but we, we were bolder we experimented and I told him 
you know, we're not perfect. Diabetes can be unpredictable and even, you know, his activity level or whatever can be unpredictable. But every time that something doesn't go the way we want it, we're just going to learn from it. It's going to become part of our arsenal of weapons against Next this time. disease. Yeah. And, and that was another, obviously, another philosophy I learned from you that really was hugely beneficial as well because th then we didn't expect things we didn't expect to have things go wrong, but when they did, we didn't feel defeated or, or we didn't take them as these setbacks to then go back to not being at bold with the insulin. We just used them as like, as new information that will make us even better later. I'm glad and, you know and so, so empowered, even by our own mistakes, we're being empowered, you know, and, and just learning all the time and, and, and taking, not taking risks, um, following our gut yeah. and not being afraid to and knowing that we know how to get out of the the lows and get out of the highs and it'll be all right and we'll just be better for it because we'll mm -hmm. have learned. I, I, I have to say that in almost uh, 200 recordings, you're the first person to use the word philosophy. And I was like, wow. oh. I was like, that's fancy. I'm going to think of that better now. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they we'll have to say now that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered philosophy. Uh, no. <laughs> but, but I'm glad of that. I'm, especially striking to me is the idea of you not being afraid because I genuinely believe that that's, that's step one. Um, that when you're afraid, everything else we talk about becomes difficult or impossible because you're always second guessing, erring on the side of caution, doing things like that. Um, and you also said that it gave your son the confidence in you that you knew what you're talking about. And I think that's undervalued too because kids aren't stupid. And when you're faking it, they can figure that out a little bit, you know? And so it, it is, it is a big deal for them to believe in you. Absolutely. You, you know what I mean? So, and you can't, you can't give off that vibe if you don't genuinely have it. You know right. what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's some people who are pretty good actors, but I'm terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible the, liar. My, Awful. I love that. <laughs> I love that you uh, described yourself as high strung because oh, now, yeah. now I just think of like a cat with not all of its hair. And oh so, <laughs> no, no, it's more, um, I, I have ADHD, so it's more like of an ADD sort of, I don't know. No, no, no. I, I, I definitely get what you're saying. Like there's a, it, it, there's a, a way to be excitable or, you know, even scattered without being yes. anxious and, yes. and anxiety is terrible. Like I've, I didn't know you were going to bring that up, but I've been thinking about that a lot the last couple of days because I was talking to somebody who brought it up you know, about like my anxiety, my anxiety. And here I am a person. I don't feel that way. I don't have anxiety. Like there's strife or turmoil. And I'm just like, Oh, I can see the path to how this works out. So I exactly. don't, I don't yeah. worry about the other stuff. And, and I tried to say that on here in the past is like, you know, the concept that like worrying is a waste of your imagination because you really don't know what's going to happen in the future. And to pretend that you do, you know, to make a worry in yourself is really just putting something into the future. I mean, if you're going to make something up, you should make up something fun, not, not, not worrisome. Now, I get that there are some things that are more um, tangible than others. You know, you, you know, insulin is dangerous. You know, I understand worrying about that, but not to the point where it causes me anxiety or, or that, but, but that's not everyone's reality. Some people are just anxious. Well, yeah, like you just get caught in this loop of, I, I don't know, um, of, like negativity, you know, just, oh, you know, this happened to my family and, oh, we're going to have to live with it for a whole, the rest of our lives. And then just that thought then goes into, and, oh, and, you know, all these, these terrible things could happen. And, and then you just sort of get more and more negative. And so then my usual high strung sort of just happy, I mean, people used to laugh at me like that. I live in this little bubble, you know, right. <laughs> of, you know, just, I was always like seeing the bright side, even like as a nurse, you know, all my patients are so sweet and so great. And my friends are, my colleagues are like, not all your patients can be that great. We, we've had some really, <laughs> you <laughs> but, know, and I'm just but like, you I, see always, the best in them I was always like yeah. the cup is half full, like the bright side kind of person. And then this happened. And so all that energy sort of became more negatively. Your, you know, ba your baseline for expectation yeah. became something bad's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I sort of just 
snapped out of that recently and it just feels it feels so good and uh yeah and part of that is was getting tyler his pump that just felt like a huge win because we fought hard for that okay. and uh and yeah just feeling more empowered like really just feeling like you know we we, we can take this on and yeah. and we'll we'll be we'll be good at it we'll be great at it you know we'll just make a positive thing yeah it's interesting how you just put that idea of getting a pump is empowering just because you won the battle not so much about having an insulin pump but about setting out to take something about diabetes and and kind of slay it and beat it so do when you asked for a pump initially did they tell you no kind of yeah i mean you just got this look of of uh i don't know if you're ready kind of thing because Tyler when I asked for it his insulin requirements were very small mm -hmm. and I was told I think he was on at the time four units of the long acting of um basic okay. and uh um they're like I think he should be he needs to be on at least five in order to get a pump mm -hmm. and and that didn't make any sense to me because with a pump you you don't even you can turn off your basil you don't even <laughs> and so you <laughs> so kind of you spoke up and you pushed through with your with your endo you f you you forced their hand um i tried to it didn't work i tried to i i found so well i i convinced the endo we were ready for the pump mm -hmm. and then i think that that i that little battle i won so then the nurse educators we're like, okay, but then you need to wait for a class to open up. They do these pump classes. Yeah. And, uh, um, and, and I was like, why do I need a pump class? <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing so much research and I've been listening. And, and, uh, and I also have this amazing friend that we made through, my son's a part of trial of, um, of a, a study trying mm -hmm. to. Through trial net? Uh, not through trial. Well, they're they're related. I think okay. it's at the Diabetes Research Institute in oh. Miami. Oh, cool! I'm speaking uh, at a thing that I think is benefiting them in April. Oh, really? Yeah, cool. Yeah, in or I'm gonna they're be, amazing. I'll be in Orlando, and I think the the I think the proceeds from that go to DRI. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, oh, it's an amazing place. Amazing. Cool. I want to work there one day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping. Well, well, so I so I just I just got a note yesterday from Robert, and Robert listens to the podcast and. He went to his, you know, went to his son's um, endo and said, we want to get a pump. And they said, well, you know, you can't have a pump until you've had diabetes for six months. And he said, that doesn't sound right to me. And I said, I no. would just, I would just go around them. And he immediately did. He called the pump company that he wanted to use. And he said, I want to get started on trying to get my son an insulin pump. And my doctor's office is being resistant and they're going to help him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's tough. It's a leap because then you're. You know, you are going to drive a wedge a little bit between what your doctor told you and this, but he's just not willing to wait, so he's going to try it on his own. That's and, amazing. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, listen, it's an arbitrary thing. Six months, what does that mean? Why six months? Why not seven months? <laughs> How come not four months? Why is it not nine months? Like, what is the, what what's the, you know, what is that? What does that mean? Well, you know? And what's the premise? Yeah, is it yeah. because they want you to learn insulin through injections first, or... Right. I, or I don't even understand what, what, the, what do they think is, is the value? What are they looking for? Ver take away the number. What are they looking for? I am, uh, I am at a loss for understanding because people, a lot of people will advocate for it. Like, oh, you should have to do it with injections first. I don't know what the difference is between how the insulin gets in my body. Why is it different? Because I push on a needle or I push on a button. It's still going If anything, in. I'm learning more about insulin now that it's a pump than I did with injections because right. it was just... It, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was I think that there are like sort of some old timey concepts that we hold on to a little too long. And, you know, you need to understand how to manage diabetes with a needle before you can do it with a pump. I get the overarching ideas of like, you know, well, what if your pump fails? What are you going to do then? I'm like, yeah, I would probably have them FedEx me a new pump. And but that's, yeah, you, you have know, to learn so, that regardless, you know, when you reach that. And, and plus, yes, then I would have to figure that out. And so why do I have to do it for, I mean, you know, for six months or a year? Some places say a year. You have to have it for a year before, before okay. we'll let you think about a pump. It just seems arbitrary to me. If you're it really does. I think when you're ready, you're ready. And, yeah. you know, so... I don't know why I don't know why you have to follow the rules of when somebody else is ready. 
if I'm ready in three months, then I'm ready now. If it's if it's two weeks, then I'm ready now. Like, what's the point? I don't know. I um, I, I'm, I'm I have a lot to say, and we'll, yeah, on that, you know, just and then these classes, these classes were. Well, I just saw someone on Facebook this morning say, hey, my pump arrived at my house. Should I just go on YouTube and watch a video and start using it? I was thinking, yeah, that's I what guess. I You should definitely <laughs> do that. Um, it, it just, it's funny, too, because there are different, like, there are brains that work different ways. Like, yours or the, this person I saw on Facebook this morning is like, I've got it. I should start. And then you see other people that before they even have it, they're like, um, could you please list all the things that could possibly go wrong? I'm like, wow, that's a weird way to think about this, but okay. Right. You, know, you know, like, like, so I want to know everything that could go wrong or, you know, what, what are, what are the pros and cons of this? So it's like, uh, I, you know, <laughs> all you're inviting is for people to come on and tell you their problems. And I hate to say, but a lot of problems with anything, forget insulin pumps, it's a lot of times it's just user error. It's your inability to understand it. And the only way you're really going to understand it is to do it a couple of times. You know, so it's I, I, it's interesting, but it, moreover, that people's minds are like, please, someone tell me what's going to go wrong, so I don't have to worry. Where other people think, I can't wait to do this to see what can go right. It is really just exactly. a state of mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh huh. I so, do, yeah. and that and that's where I was at. I was like, I just can't wait to get my hands on it and just start doing things and learning. Just like before, when we would do things and if mistakes happened or it didn't go right. Um, then we would just learn. And that's what I kept saying. You know, I don't, I don't need a class. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I'll read the manual or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I, I'm manual. lying. I, yeah, I don't yeah, read no, the manual. I'll click on the PDF. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll fumble through it and, uh, and I'll, you know, shoot ideas off my husband and even t- my son, Tyler, and, and we'll figure it out, you know? And, and I got to tell you, um, they're very well-intentioned, um, but I, I didn't learn any, I didn't learn anything from that, those pump classes. And, and, <laughs> And they, they really were just, they were detrimental, I think, to, my, to Tyler because they were Monday nights after school from, for four hours. So we had to pick him up from school, drop my other two kids off at my sister's, and then spend four hours in a windowless room. Boy, for how many, how many Monday nights did this go on for? That was three Monday, three Monday nights. Twelve hours? And then, yeah. And, no, and then a Tuesday <laughs> all day. Well, it was supposed to be all day, but it was, I would say it was like probably another four or five hours. So 16, 17 hours to learn how to use a pump. But we didn't, but we, we didn't really learn anything. We learned about carb counting and. Oh, so this was and, a, a whole and, big and simple, thing. Simple carbs versus complex. I mean, things were, that were like, it, it almost felt condescending, you know? And, and those concepts <laughs> aren't specific to pumpers. Those concepts exactly. are for everybody. Yeah. So it's a pump class where we're now going to go back over diabetes again. Yeah. Not one mention of extended bolusing, not one mention of temp basils. Those are the things I actually would love to sit down and just like think learn yeah. better, you know, think about. Yeah. That's Discuss in like a sort of, you know, um, because I'm still trying to figure those out. Um, was and, there a uh, card at the end you could fill out for feedback? There was. And we left early and I was like, oh, no, I forgot to. <laughs> turn this in <laughs> and this then I asked was not helpful <laughs> yeah it was no but fine it was a time suck for me and it was difficult finding childcare for my other two kids mm-hmm. but I actually think it was harmful to my son because he he actually has some anxiety which is always increased by his blood sugars by the way mm-hmm. which I which is one of my main motivators for keep keeping him him low That's interesting. Um, not low low but like you know on the lower end um and, uh, and he also has my ADHD, poor kid, but, um, he, uh, sitting in that room and they were really just expected to be quiet the whole time. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, hearing and seeing all this and, and it's sort of not, not being able to move cause you know, he's active and, and after being in school all day and then this, it just was just, I think it was really hard on him. He came home and he, he, he did not, he, he was beaten by it i yeah. think well you, you took you took any of the joy he might have been considering coming and you just you pushed it into a classroom situation where he wasn't even allowed to participate and yeah. i think he they wanted him to participate but i think they wanted him to participate in that sort of way um that that uh like 
you know, the dream vision you have of the kids participating in your class. Turning them into little know. adults that raise their yeah, hands and say, little thank robot-y you. Like, yeah. yeah you know? <laughs> and, and that's not what these kids really are like. Right, you know, right. he, he wants to tell you a story about one day when blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and everyone's like, you know, he's wasting time. Listen, this is a longer episode today, so I'm not going to waste your time with these long, drawn-out ads with these great stories, although they are really good personal stories. But nevertheless, let's get right to it. I think you'd like the Omnipod, and I think the only way to know for sure is to try it. But how do you try an insulin pump without buying it? Luckily for you, Omnipod has a free demo. They'll send you out the pump. I haven't really talked this through in a while, but you get a pump in the mail, an Omnipod. Now, it doesn't work, don't worry. It's not gonna like give you insulin or anything like that. You can put it on and wear it and try it for a number of days to see what you think. That's pretty amazing because what you're gonna find, I'm betting, is that when you put it on, you're gonna forget that it's there. And that's gonna make you feel comfortable moving forward. My expectation. Maybe your expectations are different. Maybe your results will be different. I can't begin to know your life but I can know that trying is the only way to find out. And it's free, and it has no obligation. So there really is not one reason why you wouldn't do this. All you need to do is go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. There's links in your show notes. There's links at juiceboxpodcast.com. And by now I've said it enough, you must remember it. Go there, fill in the tiniest bit of information, and Omnipod will send you out a demo, and you can try it for yourself. That's it. Look, I'm done before the music's over. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. Oh, you know what? I did forget one thing. Sorry. Omnipod's on Instagram now. Go follow them. My Omnipod on Instagram. Tell them I sent you. There are some people who are good communicators and some people aren't. So uh, my son was in, he's a senior in high school and he gets the, he texts me the other day and he says, uh, we're in a opioid um thing right now and i'm like what he goes they brought the cops in and everything we're all in the in the you know in this big auditorium he said there is a woman up here speaking and and she's just like really broken in her delivery and she doesn't seem to know what she wants to say and she's stammering and like this whole thing and he's losing focus so i joked back with my text back i said maybe she's a a drug addict and they're bringing them in to show you what could happen, you know, like, and, and like, and he laughed a little, I was trying to lighten him up a little bit. And about 20 minutes later, he texts me back and he goes, but you know what? It's actually, it's a police officer. (laughs) And, (laughs) and she's just a really terrible communicator. And so they brought in just the wrong voice. Like, I'm sure what she was saying was great, but the way she presented it was so off putting that the kids just shut off. And it, and that's a real concern. And sometimes it's the message that's the problem, and sometimes it's the it's the the way that's delivered. I was at something recently um, where there was a keynote speaker uh, for diabetes, and I was like, "Wow, this is terrible!" Like I got up and left at some point. I was like, "I can't sit here and listen to this." It was a person who was telling me having diabetes is hard and it's scary, and yeah. I was like, yeah, "Okay." And then I thought, okay, like I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, the next thing they're going to say is, and here are ways that you can make it less difficult or less frightening. But no, just the delivery of the message to a room full of newly diagnosed people that this is really scary and really difficult. And I thought, what benefit is this? Like, like that's, how, what, that's you know, my huge. That's my problem. That's yeah. one of my biggest problems with 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 uh, my experience so far with my son's diagnosis yeah. is. Yeah, I just feel like um, I keep using the word empowered, and it's true. I just feel I feel like most of them, it's it's oh, but you better not do this, and you better be careful of doing this, and just call me, and I'll tell you if it's okay. Like I, I think that they expect. That, I mean, I learned very quickly after the first week, you know, that I didn't have to keep calling them anytime I thought that a little something needed to be changed in in Tyler's care. Yeah. You know, um, and, and the nurse in me is always like, I need a doctor's order. You know, I need to call. So it, I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of how quickly I got out of that. Because yeah, after, the, after the first week, I'm like, I, I can't keep calling and asking if it's okay if I give more insulin, even though it hasn't been four hours yet. Like, I forget four that. Hours. <laughs> yeah. Four hours. Yeah, right? I'm like 30 minutes later. I'm like, let's hit that again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, it's just, it's a really important idea 
that 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 I, you know what I, I'm going to struggle for exactly how to say this. So the message and the way it's delivered is it's just very. I mean, it goes back to the thing we said at the beginning. It's just it's very very important that to not start people's lives with diabetes off in chained down, scared, you know, immobile, can't make a decision on my own. Um, you know, I am heartbroken by the people that I talk to every day who sit and watch their kids' blood sugar at 300 after a meal, and it's eating at their guts. I know I should be doing something. I know I should be doing something, but my doctor told me not to. And yeah. Or I heard yeah. this, and the kid's blood sugar is 300 for four hours, and then suddenly, magically at four hours, they're like, oh, now we can bolus this, or now right. I can give more insulin. Except now all that food has been digested, and now all this insulin you're going to give for this 300 isn't necessary anymore. It was necessary three hours ago. It's not necessary now. And then the kid ends up at 40 later. Mm-hmm. And then and mm-hmm. now and now my life with diabetes is I did exactly what I was told. My kid's blood sugar went up to three hundred. It sat there for four hours. I did what I was told again. Then his blood sugar went down to forty. Oh, he ate a that's bunch of diabetes. Food. It went up, to, and then someone says <laughs> those words that yeah. make me so angry I could curse. Oh, that's just diabetes. And then, no, it's not just diabetes. No. It's your inability to understand how insulin works. And moreover, the people who tell you those things just are not good communicators of the information or they don't understand the information. And that is that ends up being the truth. When a doctor or a friend or anybody looks at you and says, oh, you know what, well, that's just, that's how that is. Um, what they mean is, I don't understand how to explain right. this Right, I don't know any better. Yes. Or, or I don't know any better. Right, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and that's fine, by yeah. the way, uh, if they don't know. But the problem is, is when they spread that to the next person, as this is the gospel of diabetes, right? right. And, and then you get down to people who are like, "Oh, that's you know, it's just what it is." And then that 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 goes further. By the way, then then it keeps going. I'm going to preach. I'm 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 all lit up preach today. On. Today's preach the on, march brother. for their lives. I, I don't know when you'll hear this, but today the kids are all doing the march for yeah. our lives thing. So I think I'm in protest mode. Um, but but so th- that's the first step, right? Well, nobody. Nobody understands how to fix it, so that's just diabetes. And then when your guilt or your shame or your frustration comes around again and you reach out to into a community and say, I don't know what to do. I feel so bad. My kid's blood sugar is that high. Someone else who feels that way too will come along and admonish you of that. They, mm-hmm. will, let it, they will say, look, there's nothing you can do. You've done everything you can do. And now just in those three steps... We've taken this person who wants nothing more than understand diabetes so they can help themselves or help their kids, and we've turned them into a passive person willing to accept 300 blood sugars because they genuinely believe that not only is there no way to fix that, but even if there was, they couldn't possibly understand it. Yeah, and they just feel so helpless and so out of, con- like, just, it's out of your control, you know, just powerless That's against it. this. And, and oh, it just makes you feel so sad and and it's and you're exactly. just not healthy no it's terrible it's it's absolutely terrible and it is but it happens over and over and over again every day to newly diagnosed people hey be afraid be scared this is horrible oh you can't don't give anybody insulin for for food that won't work oh their blood sugar's high don't do anything wait now give them a bunch of insulin oh they got low that's just diabetes or, or there's a lot of, and, and I agree with it. I mean, diet definitely plays a huge role, mm-hmm. but, or there's this emphasis on, well, then, you know, you're not feeding your, what did you feed your child? You're not feeding your child the right thing, which then makes you feel even less, like more inadequate as a parent. Like, oh, I, I let my kid have his favorite whatever. And, and now I caused this high blood sugar and it's all my fault. And, and then you feel like, like a kindergartner being scolded by the teacher, you know, all the time. And then you start making a list in your head of foods that apparently we're not allowed to eat anymore. Exactly. None of that being true. None of that being true. Which then controls your life even more, you know, and just. So let me sound, just let me sound like a pompous ass for a second. Okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I, I talk a lot you know, I, I've mentioned this a number of times in the podcast, right? That um, that people can't mistrust themselves. It is a it's a basic human function. If you walked around mistrusting yourself all the time, 
it would be deadly. That's where anxiety comes from. That's where, you know, if you're always thinking, oh, well, I think I should do this. Maybe I'm wrong. That is, it's crippling. And so I think it is a basic human thing to believe the thought that pops into our heads. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like um, a problem comes up. This is the way I consider to take care of it. I must be right because I thought of it. And then here we go. And and what you just described is what ends up happening. Like, you know, all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, well, you know, his blood sugar wasn't high because of insulin. It's because you let him eat pancakes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your fault for giving him a grilled cheese. Uh, you know, like, oh, potato chips, that's what you did wrong. Um, you know, and then the next step, the next step their brain thinks is, if you cut out the carbs, then so then now their brain thinks low carb is the answer, or their brain thinks something else is the answer, or the first thought that pops into anybody's head they believe to be true, and they probably should, right? That is that does keep the world moving. It keeps everybody going. The problem is that no one ever steps back and diagnoses a thought in levels. Then there are levels to thoughts. Mm-hmm. There's what occurs to you immediately, and then there's the perspective of I don't know. Um, the other person. There's the perspective of an onlooker. There's a uh, perspective of uh, someone who's maybe better educated than you, smarter than you, understands math better. Like it depends on what you're thinking of. But there are plenty of people who would have a different initial thought once when they heard the problem. If you really want to get to the bottom of the of the issue, you have to accumulate all of these initial thoughts from all of these kind of different minds, and in there somewhere is the answer. I 100% agree with you. I mean, it's all about perspective and learning that yours is not the only one. And it's difficult to do in the moment when you're nervous and upset and your kid has diabetes and your husband is at work and he doesn't really listen to you very much and there's a pipe leaking (laughs) in the basement and somebody should cut the lawn and I need groceries, but I don't get paid till Thursday. And when all this other stuff is going on, to say to someone, I need you to sit down and, and really you know, put a whiteboard up on your wall and start drawing bubbles and lines and figure this whole thing out. No one has time to do that. And the only thing that will fix that is that we all have to just kind of believe in our hearts that it's the first thing that pops into our head isn't always the right idea and that there may be a better answer out there and we should search for it. It's when you give up the search for that better idea that you get stuck in whatever position you're in. And then I, I always feel... That, that's what I feel badly about because I'll tell you that a lot of people figure diabetes out and they go off on their world and they leave the community and they live this happy life and that's beautiful. But there are other people who disappear who just gave up and mm. you can't fault them because they've just been battered with bad information so often that they get to that point where someone admonishes them and they're then they let it go. And this is where I'm going to blow some, uh, what's the, the expression, blow some smoke on uh I don't think I don't we're allowed know. to say it because oh, it's a clean oh, yeah, podcast. Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, whatever, I'm going to fluff up your podcast because, because that's where your podcast is so important. Because um, that, that, that's what I, you gave me what I needed in that where I, I didn't like the perspectives or the, the things that I was being told. And then I finally found you and, and I was, I was scream. I would be like, yes. And like, Right. And, and I'd be talking to you uh, while listening and folding laundry or in my car. And, and actually, my husband started to laugh, like make fun of me for it because he'd hear me upstairs putting laundry away, you know, <laughs> like, like, I know. And he'd be like, oh, she's listening to the podcast again. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's 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 such a wonderful source of uh, of uh, the right kind of, you know, the, the information that makes you feel um Oh, that's my my dog. It's fine. Oh, Usually, it's my, my dog. Just walked in. And she's all excited. Um, but uh, the, well, Jess, that's very that, nice. Let me stop you. That okay. is very nice, yeah. and I appreciate that. But I want people to know that I understand that I'm that it's not like I just had this. Like I didn't look at diabetes and just imagine all this at one time. I'm not some. I'm not the great and powerful diabetes Oz. I. I, because I had the blog and I was writing about stuff, I have a record of my thoughts. And when I could see things appearing more and more, I'd, I'd kind of in my mind think, well, that's important. You know, not being afraid is important. Um, pre-bolusing is important. Like, like as I would go along the way, I, I would just hit these things. I'd be like, well, this is important. That's important. This is important. And then once we started talking or once I started talking about it on the podcast, then I could see how people reacted to it more in real time. And I was like, okay, that is important. 
but I should say it more like this. Or, you know, when I say something like you have to trust that what you know diabetes, that diabetes is going to do what you know it's going to do. You know, it's almost not English, right? Like you have to trust mm-hmm. that what you know diabetes, it's going to do that thing, you know? Um, when, when, when you say that, you know, most of diabetes is just timing of insulin and the amount. Like you just have to get the amount and the timing right. Once you do that, you can pretty much bolus for anything. Um, that's a, that's an, a hopeful idea. It's not a description of how to do it. But, I, but when I went through them, I kept going through them and through them, and I whittled them down. Actually, I'm doing a lot of speaking this year, and it's basically just going in and and it's it's just kind of like doing a like an overview, but a, a kind of complete overview of those thoughts. And I was forced to sit down and break them down into slides, into like into thoughts. And I was like, "This is it! Like this is these. I forget what it was. Eighteen, fifteen slides. This is the this is the podcast right here." So a slide will come up and then I'll talk about it and then, and move on and on and on. And I was like, wow, this really works. So I did it in person. I've done it in person a number of times and people are getting that reaction right away. They're coming up afterwards and like, wow, you know, you fast forwarded me through all these thoughts. And so what I'm going to do, and I don't know if this will come out before that, but um, I'm going to get Jenny Smith back on the CD that's been oh, on a couple of times. She was fabulous. And yeah. we're going to talk about each slide. But then each slide is only going to be a few minute podcast, maybe five or 10 minutes. They're going to go up individually. And then so people can kind of hear them, because I think that might be a good way for people who are coming in new to the podcast to kind of catch up a little bit. Like a little crash course. Yeah, because there are people, listen, I bless you people who I get notes from who are like, I just powered, listened through the entire show. Like, oh, yeah. I, like yeah. I just listened I'm, to 150 I'm episodes. I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but for the people who can't do that, this maybe this will fast forward them into the conversation. Constantly you hear from doctors, well, you have to have diabetes for a year before we let you do this, or six months, or they always want you to have diabetes for a while before you get technology. That's an old-fashioned way of thinking. Dexcom shows you the things in days in weeks that it takes someone without a continuous glucose monitor to learn over years or months. So if you want to fast forward your understanding of how type 1 diabetes works so that you can make these amazing decisions that lead to better outcomes, you need to get started right now. Seriously, you've heard people on this podcast who were diagnosed 10, 20, 30 years ago. They lived in a different world with type 1 diabetes than you do today. The Dexcom Continuous Glucose Monitor, it fast forwards you right to understanding. That's the important part, isn't it? It's understanding how the insulin works, how it's going to affect you. It's understanding how your exercise and diet and sleep patterns, how all that's going to affect your blood sugar so that you can do the things that you hear us talking about on the podcast with your insulin and live the life that you're hoping to live instead of one where you're just constantly wondering what's about to happen next, what's about to happen next. Don't be afraid. Open your eyes. See the data. Make great decisions. That's what Dexcom's going to bring you. Go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox with the links in your show notes or juiceboxpodcast.com to get started today. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. I did not mean for you to come on and talk about how much you like the podcast. Oh, but um, but I do. I, <laughs> I really, it, it, I think it was a big part in saving my sanity and making me feel like validated. And and so let's say yeah, this then. So then, finding community and good information is what saved your sanity, right? Like yeah. it wasn't me; it just happened to be me. You could have possibly found a blog that did the same thing for you. I don't know. I don't know. But finding you and then and one other person, the, that, that nurse that I told you we met through the um, trial my son's a part mm-hmm. of. Yeah, somebody that, in your real life that you met. She, she's amazing. She, she's had a, she's, she was diagnosed with type 1 in her early, oh, I don't remember, earlier mid-20s mm-hmm. when she was already a nurse. And then she already was sort of making her way into like diabetes research. And then she really dove into diabetes research and now she works at the DRI. Um, she's, 
she's pretty big there and she's just so um so she lives it she teaches it she studies it and and she's so warm and and she really cares and she's phenomenal and i I that want you to get her on the show. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh please send me your send me your. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't sent me, and if you did, I I forgot. Yeah. Um, but we'll I'll get back to it because there are. I also have a list I'm looking at of like have this person on the show. This person plays basketball in college. Would I be this? And I'm like I'm oh, trying. I'm like talking <laughs> people about professional athletes that I want to get on and trying to use the connections I have to get those and. And it's funny, I said to somebody recently, I'm like, there are days when I think I could put this podcast up a couple times a week, but at the same time, it would be too much. And then, you know, it would get lost somewhere. Like, I think weekly is good. Oh, yeah. oh I don't know. I listen to so many episodes. I, I just, I power just through them. But I, I guess there's a point where you, I, there's a fatigue, I guess. I don't know. I haven't reached it yet. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm very good. Let's, I love it. Well, I think that... But I did want to say something that you, you, you made me think of when you said that uh, what you said, what, this is years of experience that, that you've come to this place where you're able to put all this phenomenal information out there. And, and that's encouraging as well that, that you know, you have this, these great um, tips and, and should all, you know, become better at timing and, and, you know, the amount of insulin and all that and that it's possible, but at the same time, you know, a good, a, a, a portion of, you know, becoming rock stars at this is also going to be just experience and you can't, you can't fake experience. And so even if, um, you know, you feel like you're being bold and you're trying your best and, and, and you, you, you have more setbacks than you think you should focusing on that, those, are just going to accumulate as part of this experience that over time is going to be so, you know, key to your success is, um, is something that really helped me too, because, um, it helps you not you to know, give just up. having a positive attitude yeah. and knowing that it's just, it is, there's some, some things that you just can't, you can't skip ahead. There is a long game mm -hmm. and, you know, and that, that helps in, in feeling at peace with, with everything. When it's, when it's not going the way you want it to. And it's very, right. yeah, and it's super important to remember two things. I was really, really bad at this for a very long time. Uh, so if, if I can get here, then anybody can. And that just because Arden's A1C is where it's at, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I, don't, I never mind sharing it. It's been between 5'6 six and 6'2 six for over four years now. That doesn't it's mean that she has this super flat Dexcom graph at 87. That's, that's not how it goes. Her blood sugar shoots up a couple of times a day. Um, we, you know, I, I see 180 or 200 once or twice. Uh, it's that made me feel so much better, yeah, by the way, yeah. the day we were talking and you said that to me. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you this, yeah, and I'll tell you this too. Like um, yesterday, yesterday morning, I just totally booted the whole thing. I mean, really, really bad. And her blood sugar went to like 3.30. And I was like, oh, my gosh. All right. And and so, uh, but immediately, she's at school. I immediately did the things that I knew, first of all, we should have done that we, we didn't. There was a little confusion, a little rushing around in the morning, and something got missed. And so, we made, you know, we added temp basils, like big time, like doubled her basil rate for like an hour and a half. We made large boluses. And all with an eye on getting her blood sugar back down for lunchtime. And I'm going to tell you that I got her blood sugar from like 320 to 110 in two and a half hours. And not like a falling 110. Like I brought it in for a landing on purpose <laughs> because, she was, because she was at school. Dancing for diabetes.com. Go to dancing for diabetes.com is it f-o-r no it's not it's the number four dancing the number four diabetes.com or you know what find them on facebook or instagram actually they're doing a whole thing on instagram this month it'll make you smile you want to smile go watch kids dancing everything that i talk about on the podcast that leads to most of the time to kind of stable blood sugars and staying ahead of carbs and everything all those skills were the same skills I used to bring her blood sugar down without making her low. And so even though it stinks that her blood sugar jumped up like that, and I have to, I will very, very honestly tell you, I don't see 300 a handful of times a year, 
but okay, it happened. And just to your point, didn't panic. I didn't beat myself up about it. I just reached into my bag of tricks and I was like, we're going to do this, this, and this, this is going to work. And it did. And that was oh, it. You know what so I mean? Awesome. And I, I need help with that. I need help with, um, um, I mean, I'm trying to figure it out with extended bolusing and with, uh, temp basils, mm-hmm. when to use what and how I'm still, I mean, we're two weeks into the pump, but I'm dying to figure those two out. And I'm with, with, uh, just, you know, bolusing and with, um, pre-bolusing, I feel, I mean, I mastered, not mastered a God, uh, I got good at that already before the pump. So I feel like there, there I'm pretty good, but I don't want to just use the pump for that. I want to figure out the extended boluses and the temp basils. They're all just extensions of how to like time the insulin. So, you know, yesterday I figured, so you know, it happened in segments, right? Like we had a, she woke up in the morning with a blood sugar that was not commiserate to what her CGM said. And it was a brand new sensor. So it was off a little bit. So we calibrated it, got it on. That was good. But she needed food or carbs at a time in the morning we didn't, we wouldn't usually give them to her. And because I didn't feel like in the moment, like that the sensor was working yet, I kind of laid back for a second. Then I came downstairs and the dog made a mess of his bed. So I'm cleaning that up and I forgot about the carb she ate. And she comes downstairs and I thought, as I thought, oh, geez, we should probably, I should bolus for that. I can't believe I forgot that. She says, oh, I'm going to eat this for breakfast. And I was like, oh, okay. And we gave her some insulin. But I just didn't consider that the first carbs we used for the low blood sugar were going to do what they did. And I should have. I, I knew to, and I just didn't for some reason. And maybe 20 minutes later, she's at school and I see an arrow up. And I'm telling you, I never see an arrow up. So I was like, oh, so I texted her. I was like, oh, yeah, we got to bolus again. So we bolused. And I thought, that should do it. But I was still, for some reason, erring on the side of caution, which is not something I usually do. I think in the back of my head, I wasn't trusting the, the sensor yet. And that was, that was throwing me off a little bit. Then mm-hmm. the, the thing that she took to eat, this muffin she took with her, hit her so much harder because there was no pre-bolus. And there was, you know, there was no aggressiveness that there usually is. So all of a sudden, the one arrow goes to two arrows. And now I'm like, okay. I stopped myself and I rethought the whole process. I used this much insulin, but I know I should have used this much. And so I have to get this large amount of insulin into her. And for this situation, I think it was about six units. Like I needed to get six units into her. And so, that, so you got that amount from subtracting what you gave? No, I, no I didn't even okay. consider what I gave in the first. I, okay. I put the carbs we used for the low blood sugar, the carbs I, I should have thought about for the muffin, and I also put into account double arrows up, yeah, where it's going to go, how much it's going to need when it gets up there and this whole thing. So now I know this is a massive amount of insulin, but if I dump it in all at once, it might stop the arrows a little faster, but it's also going to cause too much of a fall on the other side. And I did right. not want to compound this problem by having to feed a low later. So instead I added a temp basil and I stretched it out. So some of that insulin I stretched out over 90 minutes, I think. And some of it I put in right away. And we slammed it really hard. And then I was able to watch the arrows and how they slowed down and when they turned to back to level. And then when they started to go diagonal down, and it wasn't diagonal down right away. I did one of those where the, the arrow's steady, but the number's falling. You know, yeah. you know, you know that one? Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then it diagonal down. And then I was on the ski slope. You know what I mean? Like this, this right. the, and that one that you can't always be sure is going to stop or not. Um, but as I watched it and I watched it and I watched it, I was like, this one's going to pull up and stop right where I want it to. And I'll tell you that when it did, I was so like yesterday I had, we had to go into Arden's school to help her to sit with her, um, her counselor at her lunchtime and pick her classes for high school. So I was going into the school and I walked in there looking at her blood sugar <laughs> and I looked at my wife and I was like, I have to tell you something. I, I'm even a little stunned at how well I handled this one. And, and, <laughs> and, and, but, but not, not as a, like a, not a humble brag or not, not quite so humble brag, but just, I was even like, wow, because I wish you could see how little effort I put into stopping that all happen. Like that was just, I talk about that all the time. Like at some point, these things that when they get exploded out so we can talk about them seem like all this time and effort. I saw the arrow, made my decision, 
did what I did, never thought about it again. I knew I did the right thing. Every once in a while, I'd look back and check the arrow to see if it was doing it, what I expected it to, and it was. But it wasn't this long, drawn-out, painful hours. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I do. So do you think that you made it speed up the effect? Like, so as, when you started making these changes, how quickly did you start to see the results of the insulin you were putting in? Not fast enough. But I had yeah, to. Tr- right. But well, I had to. Tr- I had to. Tr- well, I had to trust it though, because the carbs had such a head start on the insulin. Right. I, I was already when I saw double arrows up, and she was two twenty. In my mind, I already said this is going to get to three hundred. There's nothing I can do about it getting. I'm not going to be able to stop yeah. it getting to three hundred. If I give her enough insulin for it not to get to three hundred, then she's going to get low later. So I had to put in the right amount and and wait a little bit. So you find that when you put in a large amount of insulin, it does. I guess. Oh, there's enough insulin you could have picked up. I could, there was an amount of insulin I could have given her that I could have had her back at a hundred in a half an hour, but then she would have needed to eat her lunch. Right. And there is a world where, by the way, if that high was coming as lunch was coming, if I saw 220, two arrows up and everything was going on with those carbs that I just talked about before and the lack of insulin, there would have been a way for me to bolus her. 15 units of insulin, stop that thing right away and then get her eating and just use all that insulin as a pre-bolus for a meal. I've done that right, before. I've that's done that. that's yeah. some high level stuff though, because you got to trust that the food, you really got to know what the food's going to do then. Cause you've given a ton of insulin, but, um, but yeah, I mean, listen, there, sometimes the best way to kill a high is to, uh, is to have a meal coming up. And so you yeah. can just, you can just use so much insulin and then just use the entire meal to catch the insulin instead of like a juice box or a tablet. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it, it's, it's the concept doesn't change because the amount of insulin gets bigger. The concept still works. You just have to have the timing of it. Right? But with a bigger amount of insulin, I, I've seen that it just, it, it affects them faster. And oh, sure. you get it down faster. Yep. Sooner. Yeah. You just have to be, yeah. but I'm saying with a, with a, with a 300 and two arrows up, the amount of insulin that would take to crush quickly yeah. would definitely need carbs later. Yeah. And then there's a trick in there to get the carbs in without causing a bounce. Right. You know? And, and, but, oh, the but, roller coaster. But, but it's, yeah. but, but if you stop and listen to the conversation that we're having right now, it's all just timing. That's, that's all it is. It's, yeah. it's just timing. And, that comes, like you said earlier, it just comes with a lot of experience, a lot of over and over again experience and a lot of messing up and going, oh, that's not what I wanted to happen. But then instead yeah. of beating yourself up about it, you, you take something from it. It's just, it's a very, it just is what it is. It's a long game. And like you, you mentioned it earlier, but at the same time, once it hits you, it's such a magical spot. Like I can't tell, I wish people could have saw, seen that whole thing happen yesterday. Like I wish you all could have been flies on walls. Because I wasn't panicked, I wasn't upset, I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't spend the rest of the next three hours like wringing my hands about it. I just, I was like, oh, okay, I should have done that. I don't know why I didn't do that. And I'm going to do this, this, and this now, and it's going to work. And then, See, check- and then, and then you felt, you felt, uh, what's the word? Um, you wanted to be humble about your brag. But I think it's a beautiful thing that you were able to not beat yourself up over, you know, it not going well. And then to feel, so great about when it did, when what you did worked and what went well. I mean, why shouldn't we make a bigger deal about the positive thing and try to, you know, acknowledge, but sort of move past the negative thing versus oh, I took the 10 seconds. who beat themselves up and then, yeah. and then are like humble. I, I think it's great that I, th- this disease, um, it can beat you up and to just, and to feel, to feel that you can brag about something and to feel great about, uh, about something you did and, and the knowledge behind it, that it wasn't just this fluke. I think that's awesome. I don't think you seem, um, well, you're nice. like pompous. And, oh, I, I think it, I just, it makes me feel like, yes, and I'll get there. And you that know? really <laughs> is the goal of sharing it is to make someone else feel like, oh, maybe yeah. that's a place I could be. Like, yeah, I'll get to that. that. I could get to that one day. That's cool. I turned yeah. to my wife and I joked and I was like, seriously, I did really good with this. And I showed it to her and she like looks at me and, and very sarcastically goes, oh, you should start a podcast about that or something. And I was <laughs> like, I see what you're doing there trying to make fun of me. It's fine. Um, but, but, but no, I, I, and I, you do see people online who are sharing their A1Cs or their successes. 
we should all be in there going, wow, congratulations. Every time I see that, I, I throw a like on something or a thumbs up or something like that, that because that's amazing. Just because I'm not having a good day doesn't mean you're not having a good day. And, and, it, and the and possibility it also, is there. Yeah. That, and, and, you know, and, and, and if you just have the confidence and, and the willpower, you can get there. And, and, and why not? Why not take this thing that can make you feel really, really down and feel, and feel like you, you rocked it? Without, you know? without it being, um, you know, because some people would say, well, you can't make it into, um, I don't know, like, uh, like you're getting, like a piece, like, or, like you're getting yeah. a piece of candy when you succeed or something like that. Like, you know, the, and I get that. Like, I, I don't think of it that way. I think of it just the way you said, like, if, if we're going to, if we're going to say we're supporting people, then somebody with a 9A1C can't see somebody with a 6A1C and get mad at them for having a 6A1C. You have to say to that yeah. person, you have to say to that person, wow, man, that's amazing. Good for you. And then try to figure out what they did that you could maybe do. And and instead of being – it's just very important to take the drama out of all of this. You don't need to be so dramatic. You, you, you know, like it's it sucks when you're not in the place where you want to be. But other people's success should look like hope, not like – Exactly, yes. Not like they're kicking you in the butt. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's what I was always looking for. And yeah – that's what I've sort of latched on to was, you know, the parents that I found on social media that are, that are, that have more successes than failures and, and that post, you know, their great A1Cs. And, and then I, you know, watch what they're doing and, and I, and to see the, the, the hope and the possibility and to feel like I have some sort of control or, or power or something over this disease that can make you feel really powerless was, was just, I needed that. I was speaking to you know? a mom. I was speaking to a mom the other day, and I, I don't want to use her name, but she said that uh, I thought what she said was so brilliant. She said, "If my kids don't do well on a test, I always say to them, well, was there somebody in the class that did?'" And when they say yes, uh -huh. go, she said, "Well, go find them and find out how they studied for it." And I was like, "Wow, that's just simple good concepts." Um, and I've said stuff like that to my son in the past too, which is probably why I agreed with her so much. I was like, "Oh, I've had that thought," uh, but it was, um, <laughs> but it's such a it's such a smart idea, like. If someone's having success that you're not having, figure out how. I was watching Survivor the other night. I am still one of those people who enjoys Survivor, no, even though it's been on for like ever. Um, and there was there were the, they were putting this puzzle together. And this one team's like throwing this puzzle together really fast, and the other team can't get it figured out. And finally, one of the people who couldn't figure it out just turned and started watching the one who was doing it. I was like, you're never going to catch up to them. But there was this moment where that guy said to himself, I'm not figuring this out on my own. And the only ex example I have out here is them. Let me stop and look. And Why sure, not? in the course of the game, it's probably cheating. Uh, oh. but, but, but at the same time, it's, it was smart. It was all he had left. He couldn't figure it out on his own. So he just looked to somebody else who had had it figured out ahead of him. And I said that here a million times, this podcast is not an example of me being better at this than you. This podcast is an example of me being farther along in the process than you. That's all. You should just, I should just turn around every once in a while and yell back, hey, do this, try that, walk around here. And you should maybe say to yourself, well, that guy's already walked up this path. He probably knows where I'm going to twist my ankle. So I'll listen to him while he tells me to go a little oh, left here. Oh, yeah. That's and that's what, that's what I did. I mean, I, um, and, and with MDI, which, which I still wanted to talk to you about, but, um, you know, I... We started off at 9.9 right. A1C, and then I hit Tyler's first end of appointment after his diagnosis. So three months later, he was 6.5. Mm -hmm. And then um, and then we got it as low when I was still begging them for a pump. It was 5.9. And then right at the pump class, apparently, they, they took everyone's A1Cs and sort of you know, quietly handed it out afterwards, <laughs> right before at the beginning of class. And, and I thought we had had some, we, I thought he went through a growth spurt or I don't know what was going on, but we were fighting some highs, but we, we fought him. We, you say, you know how the uh, diabetes got aggressive. So you got aggressive back. And, yeah. and I, and I, and I listened to you and I did that. And his A1C actually went down again to, to 5.8. And, cool. and, and yeah. And, and so my point of that, uh, not only is to, to brag, because oh, I'm sorry, but no, I, I feel should really good about that. that. That's really, um, and you should feel good about that. That's amazing to, to have an A1C like that with MDI, without a bunch of crazy lows. To have the nerve when diabetes pushes to push back. That's all yeah. really big stuff. Because I just talked to somebody the other day who had that problem. We, I talked to him for 20 minutes, and in the end, she said, "You know, I think you're right. I'm just it's her his insulin requirements have gone up, and I haven't moved with it." 
And I was yeah. like, yep, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I'm trying to learn to like, you know, that whole, let's just watch thing. Like, it's like, no, no, let's, let's be aggressive back. Let's not just watch, you know, cause every, every moment you're just watching, it just keeps climbing. Yeah. But, but my point was that, so you learned that through the, all these years of experience and yes, you're ahead on the path, but you helped me go from being at the beginning and you're miles ahead to sort of being able to see you on the horizon. Like, I, like I, I'm catching up and, and so much faster because because you've really, you've made it seem possible and you've given the, the, a lot of good information. And, and so, I mean, 10 months into it and, and, uh, and here we are, you know, That's and, amazing. good for you. Yeah. And you made me think of that really bad joke from Pulp Fiction. The mama tomato and the baby tomato are walking down the street and the baby tomato starts lagging behind and the mama tomato turns around and says, catch up. That's all. I, That's all. I, that. I can't believe that popped into my head while you were talking. I was like, there was a moment where I was like, I'm so yes. proud of what you're saying for yourself. We're the baby tomato. And then I'm like, oh my God, this is the joke from Pulp Fiction. And so, yes. <laughs> so maybe yes. I have a little ADHD as well. Uh, <laughs> I, I diagnose everyone. It's so, it's, it's so sad. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally, but whatever. Yeah, you were fantastic. I think it's my advantage. You, you realize we've been talking for over an hour now. I don't because you know me. I, I talk. <laughs> <laughs> Just I, I, I don't know if people believe me. Um, these conversations never have a goal. Um, I sometimes, as I'm calling someone and pulling up an email from them and thinking, who is this person even? Because I want the conversations to be so just organic. Um, and I, I, I have to admit, because I just put up an episode yesterday um, which again, for people will be maybe months ago when they hear this, but it was called, uh, it was Jane called has a guy. Jane has a guy. <laughs> I just listened to right. it. <laughs> and so Jane, Jane comes on and starts talking about all the good things the podcast did for her. And I thought, oh, we can't do this the whole time. And then I, I just, I, I liked, I wanted very much for her to have her say, and I wanted for people to hear what her experience was. And then I felt like I did a really good job of directing the conversation in another way so that we could actually talk about something substantive that uh, wasn't her telling me that she really loved the podcast. <laughs> and, I, and as I listened back to it, I thought, oh, this went really well. And as I were doing this, I think the same thing. I think oh, that I, yeah, I think we really hit on what I think are some really important kind of basic tenets. And I think it's a great spot for people to, to um, hear again. So I hope everyone understands that it was really cool that Jess loves the podcast and, and got so much out of it. I don't, I don't feel it the way you might expect, like, it's not like a big ego thing for me. I'm happy for you when I hear you say that. Like, I'm like, well, oh, wow, that's great. The way you gave me val validation to keep doing what I was thinking was the right thing to do. Maybe it's just validation that, you know, you putting all this time and effort into making the podcast is, well, is that, worth it. I am going to think about it that way. Thank you very much. That is really nice. Thank you very much to Dexcom to Omnipod and to Dancing for Diabetes for their support. Please go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, dancing the number four diabetes.com or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. You guys left some new ratings and reviews on iTunes this week for the show. Thank you very much. Please don't forget that the way the show grows is when you tell someone else about it and you take a couple of seconds to explain to them how a podcast works and how they can download it. There will be a brand new episode every week for the rest of 2018, and I am just this close, and what you can't see is I'm holding my fingers very close apart, but I am just this close to securing advertising for the next year and beyond, so we're looking at shows until, well, let's be honest, as long as you guys are listening, that's how long the show keeps going. Thank you very much for choosing to spend an hour here.